If you want to learn all about the diverse foods of Rochester and Buffalo and don't want to do the work, Nominate is made for you. Nominate runs events where you order a meal that feeds two people, packaged to go for $40, but the twist is you have no idea what you're getting until you pick it up. Each meal comes from one typically small minority-owned restaurant. We work with them to select dishes that best represent their cuisine and make sure you have a fun experience. We host events at Three Heads Brewing, Fatty Beer in Rochester in the neighborhood of play, the new home of Black Button Distilling on University Avenue, and in Buffalo at the fantastic Nowhere Lounge located in the heart of Kenmore. Drink pairings are available for sale at each event that work well with the food. Follow us on social media at Nominate Meals and go to nominatemeals.com to order your meal for an upcoming event. Join the nomination. Game over, man. I ain't got time to bleed. Welcome back to another exciting Punches and Popcorn Rapid Strike. And we've got a real special movie to discuss tonight and a real special discussion because joining me tonight is our friend and founding member of Punches and Popcorn, the magic man, Matt Knotts. Matt, welcome back. Hey, what's up? I'm here for the wrestling show, Back in the Territories. Our dedicated listeners uh, might notice Matt has been absent for a little bit. Uh, though We as a show were absent for a little bit. And then we got into John Wick and all the craziness there. And Matt, I'm sure everyone, our listeners have missed you as much as we have missed you. Uh, why don't you fill our listeners in? What have you been up to, man? Miss y'all too. Uh, I took a step back from punches and popcorn for a couple reasons. One, uh, had to get uh, work, work with the crew at Anomaly Film Fest to get that off the ground this year. Uh, fifth year, very successful, very happy about it. Uh, I think it went really, really well. So stoked on that. Also, uh, from the John Wick episodes and also from number one in your hearts, uh, Chris Lindstrom and I uh, are working on kind of rebuilding the, the Lunchador podcast network for a full launch coming up here in January. So uh, kind of went into the, the lab, putting some stuff together and, and kind of putting some big things together. And I'm looking forward to getting back with punches and popcorn again soon, too. Awesome. Yeah, we all look forward to having you back. But man, the so I attended Anomaly this past year. Is, and man, some of the movies that were shown in Anomaly this year have gotten a lot of buzz that, in fact, I just saw today the movie that you closed with robot dreams yeah i think it's the name guillermo del toro is tweeting about it so yeah it's you... uh i i think it's going to be uh i want to say it's spain selection for best animated film for the the academy awards this year oh um, that's fantastic we've got a, a couple of them out there that are uh up for the uh the awards i think so it, it's uh it's cool it's it's your opportunity to see these movies before they get the big release, before they get the hype. Uh, you can kind of check them out with your your closest friends and then hang out in the lobby and talk about them afterward. Yep. Yeah. Again, another five days this time of awesome stuff. So uh, we always say support your local theaters, support your local film festivals. Uh, Matt, again, we are sad that we didn't have you around in some of the more recent episodes, but the work that you're doing there is great. And the work that I know is coming for our network here across lunch door is going to be great and uh part of our 
exciting stuff going on with Lunchador is really what gave us the opportunity to talk about the movie that we are going to talk about tonight. And that movie is the upcoming release of The Iron Claw. Yes, the uh, the story of the Von Erich family, the the uh, accursed pro wrestling clan. Yeah, we so Matt and I got the privilege of being invited to a special advanced screening of this movie, which is funny. It was what like days before that I was just texting you, like, "Hey, do you see this Von Erich movie? We got to go see this thing." And then, like two days later, we get this invitation, and and then we got the call, "Hey, do you want to see this Von Erich movie?" And we're like, <laughs> "Hell yes, we do." Heck yeah, heck yeah, oh Matt. So I know this is will only be our maybe second or maybe third when it comes out. Rapid Strike episode. So when we did Silent Night, Jay and I tried to keep the spoiler free. Yeah. Do we want to keep this spoiler ish free tonight? I mean, it's it's based on a a real story. So what I will say is is this: if you're not familiar with the Von Erichs, don't do any research going in. Yeah. There is a, a great episode of Dark Side of the Ring. I would recommend watching that as like supplemental material after Iron Claw, just to kind of flesh out the story a little bit for you, fill in kind of the 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 blanks that you might have or the questions you might have after. But we can we can keep it as spoiler free as possible. If there are spoilers, we'll we'll just throw it out there and say you might want to skip ahead a minute or two because there is one one thing I think thematically that I kind of want to talk about that that gets into a little bit of spoiler space. Okay. Um, but okay. yeah, on, on the whole, I'd say go in as clean as you can from, from Von Erich information. And I think you'll enjoy the film quite a bit. Agreed. Hey, we'll, we'll try to keep this as spoiler free as we can. Yeah. So uh, yeah, let's jump into it, Matt. So we've had 24 hours to process this movie. Yeah. How are you feeling? Uh, I enjoy it. I, I, I think I like it more now than I did when I walked out of the theater. Uh, once I kind of sat with it a bit and and really processed what they were going for there. Uh, and, and this is why I, I suggested, you know, don't don't educate yourself as much as you can on the, the Von Erics when you walk in. Because I found myself, I, truth be told, um, Carrie Von Erich was one of my all-time favorite wrestlers. Oh, really? Um, yeah. So, um it, it's it was the texas tornado and the ultimate warrior were my two favorites back in the late oh, 80s the first I, pay-per-view i ever really saw was this tuesday in texas actually it was a survivor series and then this tuesday in texas which was like the <laughs> the first two wwf pay-per-views with with carrie von eric um and then as i got older i i kind of immersed myself in the the von eric kind of history and mythos you know um right and, and i found myself because i'm kind of well acquainted with that story i found myself just kind of mapping it out right and just saying okay so this is this beat so now i know this is going to happen now this is what's going to happen from here this is what's going to happen from here and i think the the downfall for me in the theater was i was more just watching for the mechanics of it how they were going to lay the story out Right, um, right. So, you know, there are certain, certain, you know, crossroads that you hit with the story that I'm like, well, how are they going to tackle this? How are they going to tackle that? Um, and, and I found myself more interested in that than I did, you know, the, the actual story that was being told, which is probably a downfall for me. Um, right. But a, as I, I kind of sat and reflected on it, I was like, oh, no, there's there's actually a really interesting and powerful story there it, it's 
I know it's it's hard to to say it's up there with like the great Santini as far as like that toxic masculinity and and fathers and sons and and familial relationships, you know. Yeah. Um but for me I think that's that's ultimately what what this film is is kind of that acknowledging and realizing you have to break a cycle in order to escape this curse the the curse of the von erics obviously not really a supernatural curse but it's just kind of in my mind how how the family operated was the real curse um right so what what were your thoughts mike oh, so i went through some of this a similar struggle right like i have a rule in general if there is a movie that's coming out that i have read the book or i know there's a book about and i'm interested in reading the book i will purposefully not read or reread the book like i'll give myself a buffer before going in because i i find that like the story i usually tell is when i went to see two towers i actually hated it when i walked out of it because all i could do is compare what happened that was different from the book and i just got mad at all the changes and now it's like my favorite of the lord of the rings trilogy because i could separate that right so i kind of knew going in i I was aware of the family. I'd seen the Dark Side episode, um, but it wasn't fresh in my mind. And again, there's uh, a lot of brothers. Uh, there's a lot of tragedy. So I didn't have, I, I kind of remembered some of the beats, but not exactly who happened, what and where. So I purposefully, I was very tempted going in to rewatch that episode. But then I, I had that same thought that I like, no, if I do that, I'm going to go in waiting for all this like i know bad things are going to happen so so i think that helped it helped it a lot but it's still it's whether you are familiar with the von eric family the curse at whatever level you know unless you're going in completely blind like anyone even like remotely into pro wrestling is both of us are matt you even more than myself you know it's it's going to be a an avalanche of tragedy so walking out of it is definitely not a feel good time that's the one thing i want to say if you've watched the uh the trailer and you're like oh this is just going to be like four brothers just just himbo's having a time it's not um <laughs> no it, it's a it's a tough tough watch uh and and if you're of a, a certain age there, there's you know certain parental styles that you'll see kind of illustrated that might hit close to home for you um, yeah oh yeah absolutely yeah and it, so it's interesting for me i think one of the things that i'm still struggling with uh, in terms of just trying to decide where do i land with this movie is the movie kind of has two things going on with it right and that are intertwined uh the wrestling and the family, right? And to me, I felt that, and I'm interested if you felt this too, that uh, the movie started out very wrestling focused, and then it seemed to kind of change partway through. And I don't know, I don't know at the end if I if I got a strong feeling of well, what which what were they going for here? I don't know. I, I'm still mulling over that a little bit. So I wondered, like. Was that me? Did you kind of feel that tonal shift too? Initially, yes. 
but the more I thought about it, the more I really came around on it and liked it. And this may be, this may be where we start to get into spoiler territory. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So from here, there'll be dragons. Um, (laughs) feel, feel free to listen further. If not, we'll, we'll, we'll figure out how long we talk about this and, and let you know in the the description, how far ahead you need to skip probably about three or four minutes if I had to guess. Um, but I think to your point, yes, that initially there's the, the kind of backstage wrestling thing where you get the idea. There's a, a moment where, you know, in Kevin Von Erich's first match, they have the conversation about how they're going to block it out. Oh, I uh, love that. And then as time goes on, you lose some of that stuff and it becomes more realistic. Yeah. Some of the people we watched it with, you know, were like, oh yeah, it turned more into like a, a raging bull situation as the time goes on. And you lose some of that right. art and artifice of pro wrestling and it just becomes more the the hyper-realistic fighting. And initially I had that the same thought where I was like, well, where did that go? Why did we lose kind of the, the background of that? And then I kind of lined it up with how the story went as the, the Von Erich brothers and as the Von Erich family gets more and more desperate and really wants to make that, that their dreams come true. That's where you start to feel that artifice fall off. And then those are actual real fights that they're having not in reality, mm. But thematically, that is, it's hyper-realistic, it's hyper-focused because that's what they're, like, Kevin at one point says, my passion is doing this in the ring with my family. So as it goes on and you see more of the matches, it becomes more of a fight for his life and retaining that passion through it. So I think that's why all that falls off to the point where I don't really think you see any of the wrestlers communicate with each other like performers until you get to the end of the Ric Flair match. Right. Right. So I think that's really what it is. Cause the end of the Ric Flair match is essentially the end of the dream, right? That's right. That's where that ends. He walks away and then he, he kind of breaks that cycle. Right. So I think that's what it is, is that it com- continues to amplify over the matches that he has. And it stops being, I'm going to kick you. You punch me. Then I'm going to throw you off the ropes and then we're going <laughs> right, to, we're going right. to go home to this real like i'm fighting for my life i'm fighting for my family this is what i need to do and then there's that moment where it snaps and then he's like oh no this is performance this is artifice again you know and i think that's that's the part that i came around on in the last 24 hours okay where last night we talked about it and went that seems like that fell to the wayside and i feel like i could have done with more of that i think realizing that this is really from kevin's point of view and Kevin was really trying to hold on to everything he could to keep the family dynamic together and to, to make his father proud and all that stuff that it, it was real. You know what I mean? Yeah. I like, I like that. I, yeah, it was really interesting to me. Like at the beginning, we kind of got that, how the sausage is made peak in that. I like for people that were not as familiar with how pro wrestling works. Like we had that discussion after, watching it with some of the folks that were there like oh yeah this stuff like the just what you mentioned about like blocking out the fight or i really liked when he explained to his future wife how uh, what the heavyweight title means and that i thought was a really great explanation for people that are like this is fake why does it matter they just pick someone but and how you get there like it's not just luck and i like your explanation better 
because I'll tell you some of my thought was that, so we know as, you know, Carrie is in the wrestling world to some degree, the last Von Erich standing, he's in WWF. And when we get to the point where he's in WWF, but we don't even see those fight. Like we see them secondary through the television. Right. And there's part of me that wondered. So I know uh, MJF, you know, the wrestler for, who I think is the heavyweight champion now for AEW, for AEW yeah. like, you know, the, the competing wrestling organization and Matt, you can correct my terms here. No, all, but WWE's, main competitor is the he was the executive producer for this movie and in this i wondered if my thought was oh do they did they take a step away from wrestling because once we go into the realm of wwf they were afraid of we don't want to get like vince pissed at us or the wwe coming after us i like your version better yeah no it, because it, it all kind of revolves around kevin and uh wccw the world class championship wrestling the the promotion that the von erics ran it was kind of that thing where as soon as carrie went to the big leagues that was pretty much the end of wccw right it was right it was just kevin anymore and whatever randos they could bring up um and there's a whole other movie that could be made about the territories and everything else that would be really interesting right. But that that was really it. It was it was Kevin and Fritz at home watching Carrie and watching WCW WCCW just kind of wither away. Right. You know, because right. Vince did what he did with all the territories and, and took the biggest guy to, to kill off the territory. And then, you know, right. it, it ends with Kevin selling to, to Jim Crockett, who's the guy that ran NWA and later WCW at a certain point. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. See, I, I knew that. Or not Vince Jim was, I'm sorry, Jerry Jarrett. Jer yes, that's right. All that. Well, uh, that right. That's a whole separate movie. I don't want to. Yeah. No, that somebody will make <laughs> that movie, and it, it will be, or or I would really be a good like HBO series, like The Deuce. That would be a good. You could really do The Wire, but with professional wrestling territories. You could. Oh, someday, someday really we'll get that. Speaking oh. of professional wrestling, again, Matt, you are the true hardcore aficionado. You know your stuff. So we're coming in. This is a wrestling movie. How did you feel about how they represented wrestling within this movie? That is the thing that I, I really, really appreciated the most. Um, they brought Chavo Guerrero in to do the the training. And if you catch any of the the press that those guys are doing right now, the the leads on the, the film, they are all very, very um, reverent towards what they had to do as professional wrestlers because those guys are actually doing the wrestling so you know right. jeremy allen white and zach efron who by the way was absolutely juiced to the gills as kevin oh. that that was maybe my one thing is that zach efron had carrie's build because carrie von eric if right. you find a picture of him he does not look a lot like jeremy allen white jeremy he, Right. He had Zach Afron's physique and he was about six two and Jeremy Allen White, I think, can fit in my back pocket. Um, <laughs> right, right, right. So, but uh, the performances made sense because uh, Kevin was always kind of the the gentle warrior guy and Carrie was the the wild card. Um, right, right. And, and they 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 had that kind of nerviness and 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 you know, 
sense of balance to the, the performances that I thought made sense. But I thought the wrestling was great. I, I really, I have to say that the guy that played Harley Race was yes. a spitting image for Harley Race. And when yeah, they were right? wrestling the, the Freebirds, I was shocked that the dude that played Terry Gordy looks just like mid eighties Terry Gordy to the point where I was like, that's not, that's not Terry Gordy's kid. Is it? As it turns out, it's a dude. I, I'm trying to remember his name, Silas something. He wrestles in NWA right now, but if you told me it was Terry Gordy, I'd t- say yes. Uh, oh, that's why Michael P.S. Hayes. I like seeing him. Yeah. It was cool. The only guy that I thought they really dropped the ball on was, was Ric Flair. It was not a good Ric Flair. Um, Okay, that that was going to be a follow-up question is I wanted to know what you felt about some of the wrestler depictions. Yeah, I I thought characterization-wise, they nailed it. Um, You're right. On on the physique-wise, I mean, no. The the Flair guy was just a little too... I I don't think he had the the charisma, but then again, who has the charisma of mid-80s Ric Flair? Right, right. Yeah, that's hard. Right, right. Yeah, I, I think the in ring, um, the in ring work was was really really good for for what it was. It was one of the better wrestling movies I've seen, and it wasn't so often. And even in in the wrestler, which I think is like the most recent wrestling film, right? Right. Um, I think there's more reverence lent to to the in ring work in this than there is to. The wrestler i feel like the wrestler kind of treated professional wrestling as a geek show right yes and this one it's this is really the the you, you could tell everyone involved really appreciates the art form of it and i thought that was really really important the way they shot it i thought it was good yeah i i totally agree i think reverence a great word for that it, it felt like they approached that really respectfully and uh, you know, as I mentioned before, I really enjoyed how they took the time to explain stuff. Like, it's interesting for me, one of the the things that I think that I'm still wrestling, <laughs> huh. pun not intended, uh, with with the movie is pacing a little bit. And I love that, whether it's wrestling or just the brothers themselves, they do such a strong job through the first half of the film, really. And this is a movie, this is over two hours long. Like, it's not a short film. And they really take their time bringing you into the world of the Von Erics and why it's important for them, right, to walk through, giving you a real picture of what professional wrestling is and what it means to the wrestlers. But I like that they, they really take time bringing you into that family and connecting with those brothers. So I think that was to the strength of the movie that you really care about all of them. Yeah. They really buy you into all of them. But where I felt like, and I don't know if it's pacing or it's just the emotional battery that you take is that once, once the the downfall starts happening, it's just like things move so quickly that it almost feels like, Oh, this is this is too much, and I know we had talked about yesterday. That's where I wonder, like, oh, would this have been better as a series so that they could go through it with the same? Absolutely agree with you that it it should have been more of a series because yeah, they do spend you know probably an hour and fifteen, an hour and twenty minutes, really giving you the the background and the story and making you care about those brothers, you know, and then right. it turns into almost 
you know, a, a slasher movie with how fast things fall off at the last 40 minutes, right. you know, um, right. to the point where when we were talking about it afterwards, I, I had to let people know, you know, it's not all these things didn't happen like over the course of three months. This was over right. you know, six or seven years, like from 1982 until 1992 is really when when this all took place. And I don't know that you get, right. you get the the scale of it because right. of how quickly it goes. I don't think you feel the the gravity of the fact that this actually happened over 10 years time. It all feels like it's it happens in you know between Christmas and Easter. Um, right. Right. And I I feel like they try to show you that a little bit through Kevin's kids that like you yeah. see them age, but it's hard to right, it happens quick. And it the wild thing, we talked about this yesterday with the people that we were seeing it with is that like what's told so you watch this movie and as somebody had mentioned this yesterday like oh this feels unbelievable everything that you see here and mm -hmm. we're like no actually what everything that this movie shows in terms of the tragedy and what happened to the brothers like all that is 100% true and it's toned down like there's a whole brother missing from this movie yeah, and there's other missing. stuff right and there's other stuff that happened the fake von eric that we that yeah. we mentioned like there's so much more that around this story that if they put it in, people would want, if they aren't familiar with this, would say, like, this is a complete pile of bullshit. Like, there's no yeah. way all this stuff could really happen. And it did. It could easily have been a three or four or five year series on, on HBO. And right. at a certain point, people will be questioning the veracity of it because it is so unbelievable. Everything that happened in this 10 year span you know uh it's it it's mind-boggling like you said they they combined mike and and chris into one guy right you know and and took one brother out so if you're you know, again spoiler but it happened 20 years ago so or 30 years ago <laughs> right. at this point so it is what it is but yeah there there's one one character in this film that's actually a composite of two of the brothers because there was another brother that, that right had a downfall as well Right, um, and yeah, it, it, and realistically, when they asked, they're like, "We just didn't have time to cover it." Right. So we we just made a composite out of the one brother, and and everything happened to the one poor guy. Right. Um, <sighs> but yeah, so because I, I I know we're we're coming up on time probably pretty soon. Man, um, we're getting there. We are that the bell is going to be ringing for us here yeah. soon. So it's it's a thirty minute Broadway. <laughs> so. I think really if this is the movie you were planning on going to see with your family as like the Christmas movie this year, mm, it's going to be a tough <laughs> one. It's a tough one. Um, I mean, it, it's a family movie for sure. It, it is. Just, uh, I think it'll play well with folks of our generation where you're kind of understanding where that toxic masculinity in the past. So I, I think the biggest takeaway here is that the, the curse of, of this family is the curse that a lot of families in, in that era and, and a little after had was, you know, trying to break that cycle of putting it. Let me see. What's the best way to put this it's, and see if you can jump in, if you kind of see where I'm going, but it, sure, it, sure. It's, it's kind of subverting what, what the expectations are from your, your parents or from your dad or or whoever and kind of living on your own 
terms and making sure that you are emotionally available for your kids and and that i right. think that's the ultimate curse is that those kids live their lives in in fear of their parent instead of if the parents instead of you know loving and, and sharing the 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 attention with them you know um yeah and, and it's kind of resetting that family dynamic um right that's where i think totally agree with you well very well said you know it's that thing where when we recognize this cycle this toxic cycle that uh you know a family can be in as the younger generation you look for well how do i break this cycle and you know part of the battle is one recognizing that that toxic cycle and then figuring out how do you move on and you know and i do like that i thought what i thought they captured really well in this is kevin wrestling with uh, one recognizing it and then just figuring out what's the you know how do i save who i can save and yeah you know like i think it for as difficult without getting into spoilers here i think as uh challenging as or further spoilers as difficult as it was to watch i do like the note that they ended the movie on i thought it was a it was a good way to walk out of there yeah yeah it's you definitely get a a catharsis for for kevin and you feel like he's he's come out on the other side of it which he has in reality kevin kevin's doing as well as a person that can do with everything that's happened to him (laughs) Um, yes and and as an aside those two kids are wrestlers i saw that right yeah his 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 two sons are are wrestling for uh an independent promotion out of florida oh Um, that's really cool and and carrie's daughter wrestled for a hot minute too oh that's cool so yeah the 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 von erics are are continuing on but with a little bit more I guess familial support in a, a more positive context than maybe Fritz lent them. Yeah, that's that's wonderful. So, all right, man. I think we're we're at our time here. Um, I think that bell's going to be ringing. Uh, Matt, again, thank you so much for one hanging out with me at that movie yesterday. That was that was a blast. Thanks to great. our friends that invited us to this. Matt and Adam, you guys are awesome. Yeah. Um, shout, shout out to the little theater. Absolutely. Thank you to Little Theater. We love you. Matt, what's coming up next for the Anomaly friends? Anomaly January Giallo is back. Uh, oh, yes. Titles will be announced soon, but keep your Thursdays and Fridays open in January because January Giallo is back in full effect. Um, oh, nice. And for Lunchador, everything's coming. Uh, January is when we really launch. We've got, I think, 10 or 12 shows strong. Um, wow it's punches and popcorn it's behind the glass it's food about town it's anomaly there's a bunch more that that we're just signing paperwork we got contracts man we're like holy cow we're officially like official official official. we're we're coming in (laughs) hot on this one so i'm excited for everybody to kind of check it out and and uh appreciate everybody listening and, and being here for the, the launch of what I hope is going to be a, a big thing for, for podcasts here locally. I have no doubt, my friend, especially with Magic Matt at the handles and our buddy Chris Lindstrom in that too. Matt, again, thank you for joining us here. Looking forward to having you back on Punches and Popcorn with more fun stuff that we have coming up. Uh, so check out, make sure you're following Lunch and Or Podcast Network for all our cool stuff coming out. Make sure you're following us on our socials at Punches and Popcorn on twitter while it still exists and 
Instagram and we're on Facebook too. So thanks everybody. Thank you. This has been a presentation of the Lunchador Podcast Network.